Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Today, I'm so excited to interview Vince and Rolanda, or Ro Pierce, from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Vince and Ro, great to have you guys on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Hey, hey thank Rob. you for inviting us. Thank you. It's so great to be here. You know, we got to know each other a few years ago in Texas at, at a church meeting, and then more recently last year at a small church leaders conference in Wisconsin. And we've got to know each other a little bit over that time. And we, we've talked a little bit over the phone. You've kept me abreast of what's happening in your church. It's been really exciting to me as you give me reports about the way God's working in your church. And so I've been excited to have you on the program. Now, a little bit about Vince and Rove. You're in your late 30s, right? I'm 42. And I'm 38. Okay, so you guys are just entering your prime. You're not even quite into your prime. <laughs> That's you're just, right. You're just 40 to 60 is what I consider prime years. So you guys are just hitting stride. That's awesome. Can you tell me how you became a Christian? Uh, yes. Um, I was uh, met in Bryan College Station, Texas. There near the campus of Texas A&M. I was riding my bicycle and I had a flat tire. And when I went to a gas station to go fix my, uh, my flat tire, uh, the evangelist, Randy Moon, was there out sharing his faith. And he invited me out to a Bible talk. Wow. How old were you at the time? I was 20. Mm -hmm. was a long so I was a junior at Texas A&M. Wow. Yeah. And I became a, a disciple when I was 18. I was a freshman at Texas A&M. So Vince and I are both Aggies and we met at Texas A&M. And I was actually reached out to by a guy who wasn't even a disciple yet. He was studying the Bible um, and he was in a computer lab and shared his faith and I came out and God did the rest. Wow. So <clears throat> we know you're smart because you went to Texas A&M. And so <laughs> we'll just put that, uh, put that out there right there. So tell me a little bit about your family, your kids. How long have you guys been married? Great. We've been married now for, it'll be nine years in the month of May. And uh, we have two kids. Uh, one is six and the other is uh, three. They're both boys. That's great. What are their names? Uh, Kevin is our oldest and Jackson is our youngest. Yeah, I saw the pictures of them. Cute kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Now, you became Christians at Texas A&M, College Station, Texas. What'd you do between that time and Tulsa? How, what'd you do before you got to Tulsa? Okay, so when um, after we got done with college, uh, I was single and I wanted to go full-time in the ministry. Uh, there weren't opportunities there in Bryan College Station, but Mike Tolliver had moved to San Antonio to lead the church there, and he was there training and raising up uh, people to go into the full-time ministry. So I decided to move to San Antonio uh, to be trained there. So I moved there, uh, you know, through different circumstances. I ended up not going to the full-time ministry there in San Antonio, but uh, Ro and I ended up uh, dating. After, you know, I was single in the kingdom for about 13 years before we got married. And uh, after we got married, we went on the mission team to College Station to replant the church there. And I'll let Rose share her story about what it was like for her being single. Oh, yeah. So I graduated um, from Texas A&M and then moved to Dallas. And I went into high-end sales. 
and I did very well in sales and um, be, became one of the, the top salesmen um, at a high-end dealership and did e-commerce sales and um, God tapped me on my shoulder. I was uh, leading a singles uh, Bible talk with a brother. Um, he and I went from four to three Bible talks and um, Derek and Leanne Beck were like, uh, this girl needs to be in the full-time ministry. And um, they asked, you know, me if I would pray about that. And God opened and closed different doors and just kept tugging at my heart. And I left corporate America and a six-figure salary and went into the full-time ministry. Yeah. And um, so I went into the full-time ministry as a single woman and um and served there until Vince and I started dating and then um, moved to San Antonio where he and I led the singles and then went on the mission team to help Marty and Diana plant the church there in College Station, How which old, is where it all began for us. There you go. <laughs> How old were you when you, when you started dating? Um, I was 29, yeah. So right, yeah, I, I got married right before I turned 30. Okay. I want, I, I want to just do a little detour here. What would you tell younger women who are struggling? They're going, Oh my gosh, I'm getting old. I'm 24. I haven't found a guy and I don't know what's going to happen. Or maybe they're 26 and they're just feeling like they're ancient and they're really struggling <laughs> in their faith and their relationship with God. What would you tell them? I would say, stay faithful, work it out with God. His plan is perfect. There is nothing better than being content as a single man and a single woman. Vince and I attribute the success of our marriage to our years of being faithful to God. Yeah. Um, because there's just so much that we cannot do for each other. We still have to go to God. And I think mastering that um, as a single man and woman absolutely prepared us um, for this stage of life. And we appreciate this stage of life so much more because we learned to be content when we were single. Wow. How about you, Vince? You were, you were in your 30s before you, you got right. married. That's right. I was 32 when we were dating. I was 33 when we got married. Uh, what I would encourage uh, young men is that, you know, God wants to use your life in a big way. So you're going to have to be patient with that. And also, you've got to trust that God has the right person for you if we would just be patient. And um, if who you marry is going to have a big impact on the ways God can use you. So mm -hmm. keeping wow. that in mind, yeah. uh, remember, God can use you regardless if you're single or married. Right. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Now, you, you got called to Tulsa. You must have gotten a phone call from somebody. Tell me, tell me about that. And what was the situation like in Tulsa when you arrived? Okay, so great. So let's go back a little bit. So we left College Station and we moved to Dallas because my wife had a lot of health issues. So we had to leave our dream of being on the mission team. Yeah. And so we moved to Dallas that my wife get healthy. And while we were there recovering, um, we got asked, hey, how would you guys like to go into the full-time ministry to do campus ministry? And I thought they were crazy. I said, no. <laughs> so basically, after a lot of prayer and conversations, we ended up accepting that opportunity. And 
we uh, started serving as the campus ministers for the Dallas East region. So after two years of doing that, we were asked, hey, the Tulsa church is in need of a church leader. Would you guys like to like to consider interviewing for that? And we said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I got to admit, my faith was not big enough. I thought there is no way I can lead a church. I can barely lead a campus ministry. How, how can I lead a church? That sounds like, you know, I'm not trained or mature enough to do that. Uh, that's sounds like really hard. And so I thought it was way outside of my abilities. And so I, I said, no, but you know, after we, we prayed about it and talked through it, yeah, uh, we began to realize this is something God was calling us to. And if he called us to do it, then he was going to, he was going to provide yeah. what we needed to be able to do that. Wow. So right. you ended up going and what year was it when you, when you went there? We moved here in 2017. My wow. wife had just had our second child. So that my, our baby was about six, six weeks, six old. weeks old. So yeah. Okay. So you walked into Tulsa. Tell me about it. What was the size, the culture? What was the vibe? What was the feel? What, what were you seeing? Gotcha. I would say this church had, had really been stuck, but about 60, 65 members for a very long time, maybe 15, 15 plus years, years or yeah. so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we, we were stuck and we didn't know how to get out of that. Well, I think our faith was low. I think the trust uh, I think I think people's trust was low. I think there were some unresolved conflicts. They, they weren't volatile or anything like that, but just underneath the surface, you know, there were some unresolved conflicts that, that it, we needed help with here in the church. But, uh, you know, our church, you know, the, a lot of people in our church had been around for over 20 years. Uh, we have an older demographic here. Um, I'm 42 and I'm one of the younger guys. And so people have been around for a long time. I think they were just discouraged. Of, of what's happened in the church over all these years. They also had had about uh, about 12 other ministry couples before us. Right. And so that high turnover was very hurtful as well. Right. Mm -mm. Fortunately, though, the couple that led before us, um, um, the Butterfields, they're great friends of ours. And um, so that was one of the smoothest transitions um, I think that the church had ever had in between, you know, leaderships. Mm -hmm. And that definitely allowed for Vince and I to, to do a, a lot of great things, you know, out the gate. But, but that was the condition coming in. A lot of leadership turnover. You've got 12 different leadership couples prior to you. How did you build trust? What did you do to, to say, hey, we're going to be here for long term? And I'm sure that there was a lot of maybe resistance or kind of protection of people's hearts? What would you do? Okay. So what we decided to do is we had every member in our church either come over to our house or we went over to their home mm -hmm. and we met with them one-on-one -on -one or as a couple and just tried to get to know them. That's right. I think, I think that getting with every single member really uh, made a big difference. Yeah. I think we also took, we weren't in a hurry to baptize or in a hurry to make something happen. We just said, let's get to know people and understand their story. And that took time, but I think it was time well spent. Absolutely. I think in addition to what Vince shared, I think we, um, we, we asked very good questions and really um, started identifying uh, things that people maybe didn't even know about themselves. And so I felt like God used that to endear them to us and us to them. And then Vince and I are both very vulnerable. Um, you know, just we, we try to 
um, just be vulnerable about, hey, here's here's our struggles, here's our life, and we're both extroverts, so we really do like people. And um, so I think God worked with our skill set and personality to really um, kind of forge um, some mm-hmm. some immediate connections. So hospitality, I saw on your website. You said, hey, we'd love to have you over for dinner sometime. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I- I'm going to have to drive to Tulsa and have one of those home-cooked meals. Yeah. Woo! Come on, Rob! <laughs> <laughs> we, Best we, cook in the kingdom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I think my, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I think my wife's one of the best. So. Well, well, we'll just agree said. to disagree, okay? <laughs> you know, we saw each other at the Look Up Conference, the Small Church Leadership Conference last May. How are you doing coming into that conference and what'd you do? What'd you get out of that conference? I would say that was the first conference that was really tailored towards meeting the needs of small churches and small church leaders. And so it really talked to our context. I think it also helped us to gain a faith that Mm. we once had that has started to deteriorate. I think it helped us to start looking up and stop looking down. Absolutely. I, I also feel like um, it gave feet feet to our and wings to our faith and and not just feet and wings to our faith, but it also gave us clear directions like, OK, start here and and then you can do this. And, and yes. I feel like sometimes, especially for Vince and I, we're great visionaries and we love, you know, having big ideals and big dreams. Um, but when you're trying to get from point A to point B, sometimes you're you're like, man, I, how do how do I get this to this thing to move? Right. <laughs> and I feel like the Lookout Conference absolutely helped us with um, the our process. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people are in your similar situation. They're they're in a smaller church, under a hundred. Maybe the church has been there a while, 20, 30, or twenty thirty years or longer. Yeah. Um, the church is stable. It's safe. It's secure. There's, you know, regular money coming in so that it's, it can provide for a ministry couple, but there's no fire. There's no, you know, excitement in the church. Um, what, what have you done over the past year to, to help the church to get it moving and to generate momentum? Okay. The Lookout Conference helped us to do that. Um, so I wanted to kind of share a few things that we did. I think one of the things we decided to do, we decided to fast. Mm-hmm. and pray, pray that God would help us in our church to, to realize that, to, to become self-aware that there's a lack of fire here. And so, um, and then also we just prayed for God to motivate and to, and to really do the work we can't do, yeah. uh, to yeah. really help, help get our church desiring that and wanting that. Mm-hmm. Another thing we started to do is we restructured the whole church. Yeah. Uh, we changed up, uh, the Bible talks. Uh, we, we even renamed them family groups yeah. and we put everybody in a different family group and we, we chose different family group leaders. We chose different shepherds for those groups. So every group has a family group leader and a shepherd. So we had two leaders working together with those groups. And then also we had to, uh, we just, we, we had to make some, some changes. We had some people in our core leadership team that had been serving for over seven years, uh, tirelessly and worked very hard with the church, but we just felt like we just needed some, some fresh, some fresh new faces. And uh, so we, we made a change there as well. Yeah. I think we also were more intentional in, in the training. 
Um, I think that, you know, Vince just did a great job of really being laser focused and more practical in like, I think before, you know, you just assume, but with 12 different styles of leadership, um, we needed to, you know, make sure that we were all united. But even the way Vince did that, I think was very inspiring. Um, it was super empowering. Like, I think people felt like they had a voice and an opinion while Vince was still able to set the direction and overall um, vision for, you know, where we, where we are going and why. So I think we were more intentional with our training. There's some other things that have taken place too in the last year. Uh, we, we noticed that our church uh, was very unhealthy in some ways. So we started to do the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, yeah. which is life changing. Game changer! Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it provided an opportunity for our members to sit down and listen to a course that talked about, hey, if you're not emotionally mature, you can't uh-huh. be spiritually mature. And it really just talked about some of the emotional issues that we deal with as Christians and how that's affecting our faith. and it, it, there's a discussion piece to that. So it got our disciples talking about what is going on in their life and what's hindering them spiritually yeah. and what's affecting their, their, their whole walk with God. That was life-changing for our church. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that we did was, okay. um, let, me, let me interrupt you real quick. So that is, is that Peter Scazzaro? The, yes. The yes guy who, okay. And so it's, you went through a book. Um, what kind of a program was it? Okay, so go ahead, Well, you can share about that. No, no, we, we met up by midweek, and then we would break up into our family groups after watching the video to do the discussion questions. And then Vince would use a lot of the materials, but he would also tailor some of the questions to our group. And that would allow for us to really go deep and really talk through things. But what we loved about the course is that it helped us to really have a, a united um, a united tone, perspective, verbiage, like it gave our congregation the same verbiage on how we're feeling, how we're doing, why this is important. And so it was, it's become a very powerful tool. Very powerful. Very powerful. That's great. Mm-hmm. If you want to get your church talking with one another about what's happened in their life, life. and in their past and how that's affecting their relationship with God, the emotional healthy spirituality course is life changing. And so that's like a DVD series. Yeah, it is. That you can get Amazon or something like that. Okay, so that's that's very very helpful. So that gave you the common vocabulary and language to communicate what challenges people are facing and people understanding. So that's that's a that's a nugget right there. So. Um, hopefully I'll be able to include that in the, in the notes of this podcast later so people can get to that. Anything else? Yes. There are a few other things I wanted to share. Uh, also we, after going to the, uh, lookup conference, we decided, Hey, we need to get a new website. And so we, yeah. uh, hired third drive, uh, and, uh, we began to work with them and we, uh, have a, a, an amazing, uh, website that I think is helping us to reach out to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So that was life-changing. Also, we uh, are very grateful that an opportunity came available where where we were able to buy a, a new church building uh, with a 0% down payment, and we were able to get it for $375,000. Now, we're not big on buying church buildings and thinking that's the solution to your church situation. But if we could 
buy a building yes. for the same price we're paying to rent. Why not buy it? Right. And I'll send you a picture of what this place looks like, but it's got a pond. It's got beautiful green grass. Uh, uh, it was God. Great. It's totally God. Totally This God. place is beautiful. So it gave us a, a better and more appealing um, building and also a great scenery right there to go along with it. And it was a huge faith boost to the entire church. I mean, you talk about like God showing up and showing out. Yeah. Just that one move was like, <gasps> I mean, no one, you know, people are still trying to process. So it, it's really awesome the way God blessed, right. you know, that move. Yeah, so that that was a, a blessing uh, from God, totally. And we had been praying for God to do a miracle like that. Uh, I think another thing that came up was special missions co contribution for 2019. Uh, we were given instructions that we could keep all the money in our congregation and not send it out for that one year. It was kind of like a year off for our church, uh, which that was totally a miracle. So that definitely gave us the finances to be able to pay for a lot of things that we were wanting to do. And that also has opened the door for us to be able to hire somebody for our youth and family ministry. And so now we're out searching to hire an intern for the youth and family ministry. That's great. That's, right. That's great. That's fantastic. So, well, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. So I remember a year ago, you, you showing me pictures of where the church was at and the building itself and how it, it's a, a building where you're meeting that had, People had met there a long time. People were used to it, but there were some pretty serious issues with the building. Yes. And um, that must have been kind of tough for people to make that shift out of there. Yes. Even though maybe it wasn't that most ideal, people can get attached to certain locations. Yes, yes. Yes, our group, we're very nostalgic. We hold on to the past a lot. We, we don't like change. But I think as we began to talk to them about how Hey guys, we can actually get into a better situation for the same price. I think that really helped our group to be willing to to take on that kind of a change. And also just guys, God wants to do something big in yes. and through you right now. Like let him show up and show out. Like we've been fasting and praying and look, he's answering. So That's awesome. We help the whole church look up. Right. <laughs> so now, now we're recording this right during the coronavirus pandemic um, tail end. Looks like we'll probably be opening up here in the next week or so. But um, one thing you shared is something pretty exciting that happened over Easter. Mm. And can you share with me what, what that was and, and uh, how, how that came about? Yeah, God did another miracle here in Tulsa. Uh, we received a uh, an instant message there on Facebook uh, that said, "Hey, I'm from News Eight. I want to actually feature your church on our on our page here for Easter service." And my first thought was, "Oh no, what was this bad publicity? What's going to happen?" I was very nervous. I didn't like the idea, but you know what? After we looked it over and prayed, prayed. about it, thought just about prayed. it, we said, "Okay, let's just say yes." And we said yes. We typically get about 300 views on a Sunday. I think three or 400, something like that. But then that Sunday, we got over 4,500 views wow. of our service. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. a miracle. It was a miracle. And, and that too was a testament to, you know, our Vince and I, you know, working with our core and our board to approve the, you know, the investment in, into our, our, our media ministry. Right. Cause had we not had the platform for 
online services, I don't even want to think where, That's right. where we would have been. That's right. As that, far as trying to serve the community, we this wouldn't have been an option. That website made all the difference because there's no way they got a hold of us any other method. It's yeah. not like we're that visible being a small church. Uh, another thing that was crazy too is someone on our Facebook page posted, hey, that was a great service. I would like to hear more. Um, is do you guys have more sermons available on YouTube or anything? I mean, so News Eight helped us out. That's yeah. awesome. So you got the website through Third Drive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently interviewed the founder of that that's Christian Ray Flores. And so, yeah. tell me a little bit about it. What what makes it different? I mean, everyone, most everyone has a web page, but what's and I'm sure you had one prior to this. What's yeah, different about it? What's what's superior about it? I think Third Drive is able to uh, produce um, things that are very cool looking, very modern, high quality. There's a speed of response. If, if we need them to do something, I put in a request, it's done quickly. So I, I love the speed, but also, I mean, they, they really know what looks cool. And so that quality goes a long way. I think also that, you know, with Christian being evangelist, he understands what we're trying to do. Yes. And the message that we're trying to send to our communities. So he works with us and helps tailor the message in a way that, you know, that can make the most impact. So, I mean, that's priceless. You know, Uh, another thing I appreciate, too, is that sometimes they'll send me a message and they'll say, hey, here's some ideas I have. I'm not doing ministry. I don't have time to think about a website. And so I appreciate the fact sometimes they'll initiate with me like, hey, have you considered doing this? Have you, yeah, we probably need to take this down. This is probably, oh, try, you want to try something new? What are you thinking there? Or, what direction are you going right now? Let's see if we can create something that fits that direction you're going. So I love that. Okay. So let's, let's imagine that someone's sitting there listening to this and they're going, oh, that'd be awesome. I just, don't know if we can afford it. Like what, what are we looking at price-wise? What are you paying on a monthly basis or a yearly basis for that service? Okay. So Christian Ray Flores in third drive, you have to talk to them about yeah, their prices, prices because the cool thing I like about them is that they have like a a la carte kind of a thing where you can kind of, you can decide what level of, of um, what, what service. level, what level of service do you want to, do you want to buy? Right. And so you can talk to them about that and you can, you know, find out what's going to fit your specific situation. And I think, yeah, they're they're amazing. They'll work with your budget and they, they have the, okay, you know, we have bootleg Bob who can try to help, you know, um, and then you get, you get bootleg Bob, but you still get some of the high quality, you know, so they're going to, he's going to shoot straight with you and tell you, Hey, this, this is worth an investment this is where you want to start, but then he'll, he'll move to make it work for, for then, you know, for the church family. Okay. He doesn't just work with small, he doesn't just work with big churches. He works with small churches as well. I mean, so that's great. He can definitely be a great benefit. Now I know for myself, a lot of times the website is, I forget it's even there. I, I don't yes. use it. I know where church is at. Um, and I don't consider myself super technically savvy. Um, not, not like I like to do programming. What would you say to someone who's feeling like, oh man, website, I, I'm not that good at that kind of stuff. You know, is this going to take a lot of investment? What would you tell that person? I would say third drive is perfect for you because you just tell them what you want it to do and let them do all the hard work. 
Yeah, you but you have to make the investment. You get what what you pay for. And so the reason why you want to invest in this way is because this is it's we're here. The coronavirus is proof that if you if you're not I I don't even want to think about where Vince and I would be in trying to leave the church had my husband not pushed to make that investment last year and he did and it, it was not fun that was not a that, that was a hard sale but um here we are you know absolutely needing that to work at you know in function to so. to show you the amount of work that you're talking about putting into this as an evangelist this is what it would look like you would simply uh pull up the your cell phone and put it go into the app for third drive and you would tell them hey starting this summer we're going to focus on this. Can you create something that will promote that? What ideas do you have? Uh, what do you think we should do? And they'll give you the, the, uh, the uh, they, they can take that right there and do a lot. They can work with that. Uh, I think it also helps too that I have an app on my phone that for whatever events we got going on in the, in the church, all I have to do is just click on that app and you know, type in, you know, summer picnic, August 12th, save, and it's automatically onto the website, and the whole church can see it. Wow. I mean, it took just a few seconds. So I love the speed and the, how easy it is. That's yeah. great. That's fantastic. Now, well, let's just shift into a different area. What, what advice would you give a person that's thinking about you know, leadership and they go, man, I'd really like to be a leader, but uh, maybe like you, rather, they've got a great job. And they're making a lot of money and they're like, oh gosh, that, that's going to mean a major cut in salary. And that's, you know, yeah. scary, the sacrifice. And yet they want to make a difference. They want to live a no regrets life. What advice would you give that person? Yeah, you get to live one life. And so let's live it all the way for God. You know, you're, you're, if, if you lived your life just working a job where you're comfortable, you know, what kind of regrets are you going to have? If you threw it all out there for Jesus and just went all out, and even, even if it didn't go the way you hoped it was going to go, the fact you tried, there is a sense of, of, of joy and contentment that you have that other people wish they had taken the risk on. So you, you got to be willing to take some, some smart and wise risks. Don't be foolish, but, you know, we, we only get to live life once. Let's make a difference for Jesus. That's all right. Uh, also, too. You've got to, so I've, I've been wanting to go into full-time ministry for like 20 years. So I, I get that if you want to get in and you don't know how to do that. Here's some things I would advise you though. Here's some, some quick tips I think I've learned along the way. One, you've got to communicate to people who are in leadership that you have a desire to go into the full-time ministry. If people don't know that you want to go, how can they even talk to you about opportunities? So you got to do that. You got number two, check disciples today. See if there's any opportunities that you could pursue. Maybe there's some places you hadn't thought of. Uh, there are lots of churches right now trying to hire and needing people to serve full-time. And uh, I think number three, I think you also got to know that you're not too old. Yeah. It's not too late for you. Hey, yeah. I didn't go into full-time ministry straight out of college. I mean, I was in my late 30s before I went to the full-time ministry. So it's not too late. Still, don't lose that dream. You can still go for this. Amen. That's great. Thank you, Ro. Yeah, I think um, the only thing I would add, um, aside from the you only get one life, I just think that using my gifts and talents, all of my natural God-given talents and talents, 
for God in his kingdom, there is nothing more beautiful or exciting <laughs> that I could have ever done with my life. Mm -hmm. And um, there's something to be said when you give up something that was so meaningful. I had worked, you know, really hard to do well in school and to have a successful career outside of college. And to give that up um, for God, like once you give up something like that, free car, free, you know, gas, free, 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 and you know, this the American dream, and then you grab a hold of God's dream. I can't even begin to tell you the things I've seen, the places I've gone. And, and you're like, how is that even possible? I gave up all the money and all the security back there. How can I live this life? And that's, um, that's what stepping out on faith can and will do. You get a front row seat in being part of God's amazing divine plan, um, not just for my life and Vince's life, for every life I come into contact with. And there's nothing more exciting than that. <laughs> and, and even if you don't go into the full-time ministry staff, you got to say, okay, if I'm at this job, how do I want to use my life for God? Could we go on a mission team? Yeah. Could I work from home and, and go somewhere and help? Planet church or help a there are so, so many, many churches, churches in the icoc now that are struggling to get to 100 disciples you could move there and help that existing church get over that hump yeah uh, there are a lot of churches right now that simply need strong, strong disciples. disciples to move into that church to help the leadership with the needs there so even if you don't go on staff hey you can still be used that's great that's super helpful now what would you say Person's thinking about, oh, I've got a two-year-old. Uh, I'd love to, but I've got kids. Gosh, from the ministry, seems kind of busy. Yeah. You know, how's it, how's it been raising a family, doing ministry? What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I feel like we were super blessed. Um, I had like a little side gig, if you will. Um, you know, one of the cool things about Vince and I having invested a lot of time in corporate America Um I, you know, I still do mortgage and, and serve as a full-time, you know, minister. And I have two small children and, you know, I think, can it be done? Absolutely. It can be done. Mm -hmm. I think it requires us getting a lot of advice and input. I think it requires us, you know, um, keeping a good schedule and it forces Vince and I to be exceptional communicators in how we manage our home, which helps us to be great lights anyways, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not, it's a win-win. So it, it, all of these things together, is just, is part of God's plan of, of working it out. And then obviously when I get stressed or overwhelmed, I, I'll talk to the people that I need to talk to and, you know, reset and refocus and God does the rest. That's great. Yeah, so, I, so, you, I so you're working as a, a mortgage broker. Yeah, okay. I am. Great. Are you working from home? Are you working at a brick and mortar place? I work from home. Yeah. That's so I have great. full control over nice. the hours and things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Terrific. Part-time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Vince? So I'm just sure about me, what, what I try to do uh, before we went to the full-time ministry, we would go to work and about six o'clock, we shut it down about five or six. We just said, okay, no more working. It's time to go work for God now. And so then we would shift our attention to, okay, let's go spend time with our kids. You now yeah. we'll spend time with them feed them a meal and then finish that. And then put let's them go. Bed. Yes. We can <laughs> put them in the bed and then now let's do the ministry. We can do a Bible study. We can do a detail with somebody in the evening. And so, uh, you know, that's something that, that we did when we weren't in the ministry. Now that we are in the ministry, 
we try to do as much ministry as we can in the morning, try to spend that afternoon time here with our kids, and then try to spend that evening with trying to you know, do Bible studies or D times. Yep. Uh, we have a lot of people over for dinner too. And so I think that's been a, a way to, to be able yeah. to stay engaged in the, in the mission of Christ. But at the same time, loving our family, uh, making sure we're not neglecting or forgetting our family too. So we're, we're able to do both. I, I do believe we can all do both. Yeah, that's, it's challenging, but you can do it. And you guys had the energy to do it, which is awesome. Now, <laughs> do you have any, like when you guys think back over the past 20 years, tell, tell me about a time when you, you faced a challenging situation or maybe a setback or a failure or something you go, oh gosh, that was tough. And how'd you overcome it? Because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of us out there that are feeling like, man, how do I work through this challenge? I, I've really blown it here. Um, I, I wonder if I'm cut out for this. How do, yeah. I, how do I get back on my feet? Amen. Yeah. Just so you know, I face setbacks all the time, constantly. Uh, I mean, even here recently, just, uh, maybe a week or two ago, I was feeling discouraged. I mean, you're, that's part of life. That's part of the ministry. There's a lot of those setbacks. There was even a time when my wife's health just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And it got to the point we got into $65,000 worth of medical debt. And my wife was ill and I'm trying to take care of a little baby. I mean, that was overwhelming. It's all paid off. <laughs> Amen. Praise, Praise God. God. You know what? You're going to get this. Yeah. Yes, bad. Yes, it's hard. But you're going to get through this. Life is not always going to be this bad. It's just... That, that's that's going to happen sometimes. I think there's several things that can help us. I think that lift up, uh, I'm sorry, look up uh, small church conference, help, help give me that boost of faith that I needed. I think I also, I try to pick up the phone and I try to call other disciples and other leaders in other cities to find out what good news they have to share, what's happening over there to keep me inspired and keep me going. Um, I think somebody shared some some words that were life-changing for me recently. They said, don't focus on the people who aren't listening or responding and don't focus on what's bad. Focus on the people who are responding. Focus on the people who are doing what is good. Focus on what you do have. And I think that was a life-changing conversation for me. That's but great. I needed to hear yeah. that myself. That's great. Yeah, I think, I think you know, like Vince said, we face discouragement all the time. I think um, be quick to talk about it. Just shine a whole bunch of light on it. Uh, one of my favorite things to do that I think is a really strong, amazing practical is when something feels like it's bigger than me or, or it's overwhelming me or let's say it's suffocating me or any aspect of that, I do something called prayer bombing. And that's where I um, text people who I know will stop what they're doing and yeah. pray for me. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll text probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 people, um, women. And I, I say, Hey, I am struggling today. It is not a good day. I, I don't really know what to do or how to overcome what I'm feeling at the moment. Will you please pray for me? I have never not prayer bombed and God not show up and show out. It, I, I, it, I just, I've never, it, it works. It's my go-to. Um, and I love watching God um, bomb the, the challenge, the discouragement, the frustration of the moment. So that's, that's, that's one of my practical. That's a, that's a good idea. 
Let, now let's go back to something you mentioned. So you got into $65,000 debt. There's a lot of people that have that amount coming out of college. Yeah. And they would love to lead, man, they'd love to be missionaries. They're just sitting there going, man, I'd love that. But I can't because I'm in a lot of debt or maybe they have medical bills like you did or, or whatever, you know, they've, they've, they're coming out of a tough situation. What advice would you give them? How'd you get out of debt? What, what advice would you give a person that's feeling like, well, I, I just cannot do it because I can't lead because of a financial consideration. Okay. Uh, yes. I'm gonna let my wife start off and then I'll. Um, on that one, I think we, this is, this is where getting a lot of good advice does. I mean, it just goes a long way because a lot of times you just get some outside perspective on your situation and there's all kinds of ways you can cut, you can be resourceful. I have to give a shout out honestly to my parents because when I was sick, my husband and I were able to move in, you know, we, I never, I had left home, you know, when I was 18, had not been back, but we moved in with my parents and we were able to tackle, you know, pretty much half of that just by living with them for maybe, what was it, five months, five, six months. And I mean, a huge percentage of that. I think in addition to that, um, I begged God and I asked him specifically to give us a way out. And it was amazing. Um, you know, some of it was just Vince and I being super disciplined and, yeah. you know, you know, with our finances and, you know, how we spent money and um, cutting where we need to cut and just tackling it. And then the other part was by faith, praying specifically for God to give us a way out. And I kid you not, God showed out. One, one of the most, two of the most powerful things that happened. A, we had one collector just forgive us. Like, you know, like, I think they took like a $300 payment on a, you know, you know, 3,800 bill, that kind of thing happened twice. Um, and then we had, um, um, a, an angel donor, um, pay off the last of our medical debt, an angel donor. We didn't even, we, you know, we didn't even know who it was, but, um, again, it was yeah. one of those things where we prayed to God and an angel donor said, Hey, I know about your medical debt, you know? Wow, that's they fantastic. Sent it, they sent it through another disciple. So we know the disciple that gave it gave it to us, but we don't know who it came from. So yeah. true story. <laughs> so it's amazing. It's um, amazing. <laughs> I would say try not to keep up with the spiritual uh, Joneses. Yeah. Like we're not trying to keep up financially with everybody else. We're not trying to buy the kind of stuff that we see everybody else has. And so we're trying to live for God. So we're going to have to do some cutbacks with our spending. Uh, we're going to have to say, hey, I, I got a dream here. I want to be in the ministry or, hey, I want to go on a mission team. I can't let finances hold this back. I have got to cut my expenses. I've got to learn how to live on less so that I can live for more, more for God. And so I think that was that was helpful. Yeah. I think also having a plan for how we're going to chip this debt down. We didn't get through that debt in one year or two years. It took some time, but just kept yeah. chipping at it little by little. And it eventually that's inspiring know. and there's so many yeah, people that are, 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 there's so many people that feel really dragged down and discouraged because they feel like you know i'm just can't do it and it seems like such a huge mountain but yeah. your example of just chipping away the time does pass so that that's fantastic that's that's thank you for sharing that yes and pray specifically bold prayers got answers that's great. <laughs> That's great. 
So tell me, tell me what, what you're excited about right now. What, what's getting you up in the morning? All right. So something that we're really excited about is that here in Tulsa, once this pandemic is over and life is back to normal, we're going to do something called Renew. We're going to call the whole church to renew our love for Jesus. And, you know, we don't know who's going to answer that call, who isn't. I I can't control that. But I know we're going to throw it out there. And we're going to talk to the church about, hey, guys, as a church, we we just want to go back to Revelation chapter 2, where Jesus says the church was doing a lot of good things, but he had lost its love. Mm. And that was what needs to be first place. And so I just want to go back to our church and just say, hey, let's renew our love. And maybe we still go to church and maybe we're still attending and we're staying out of big sins and that kind of thing. But do we still have that fire for God, passion for God? Are we giving God our best right now? Or have we become comfortable? Uh, as the years and decades have gone by. And so I'm going to do that. You know what? Even if it's just five people that decide to renew their love for God, our church moved forward. And so we're going to have a, a renewal ceremony and celebration. it's going to be a celebration. It's going to be a really exciting time. And, uh, you know, also Ro and I traveled to Indonesia here in February. Uh, so just a, just a couple of months ago. And that was a life-changing experience. And we're going to apply some of the ideas that, and principles that we learned in the Indonesia churches. What, what's interesting is, that you, it's interesting you mentioned that. I just interviewed Harlem Salim and Vanya. And so yeah. maybe you could just share, like, what are some of the takeaways you got just briefly from your, from your time in Indonesia? Okay. Ooh. I want to strongly encourage you to... Uh, learn more about what the churches in Indonesia are doing. It is amazing. They're probably the most healthy and fiery churches in the ICOC right now. Uh, what, what jumped out to me was they focus on helping the church to be healthy and not so much on trying to have a lot of baptisms. And so what they do is they try to build what they call community, which means that everybody's in a small group in that small group, we really want to build love, and uh, we, want, we want to have a deep love for one another, and we're going to help each other to really love Jesus. And so they have this thing that they say community is know each other, encourage each other, serve each other, um, celebrate each other, and admonish, and, and each, admonish other. each other. And they talk about the importance of if we can get each little small group really having deep love for one another. And then as a group, we reach out to our community and our cities and ask them to come and simply be a part of these relationships. And through, and through those relationships over time, we begin to show people what it means to really love Jesus and love one another. And through that, helping win, winning people over and helping people to become disciples. Wow, that's great. Um, yeah, I think, I think too, uh, I think that they've done a really good job of, you know, every, every church has its culture and, you know, and strengths and weaknesses. But one of the things that really stood out to, to me with Vanya in Harlem and their leadership style is that they're exceptional trainers. Yes. Like they, they're really good at, at the teaching and training. I think Vince and I are very fortunate that we've had strong 
healthy discipling our entire Christian walk. And so much of what we're able to do today literally comes from just having so many amazing people pour into us for over 20 years. So we, we are literally fruit, fruit of that. But one of the things I realized is even for the stage of life, and you know, that's why Look Up Conference was good for us, is it gave more practical help for where we're at in, in this stage of life, serving in this capacity. Okay, how do I go from A to B? And Vanya and Harlem are really good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, even when Vince and I were were there, even before I went, Vanya did an amazing job of um, of asking certain types of questions. And just because of the way my mind works, I I knew what she was asking and why. And it was so good because she she catered the things that Vince and I were needing help with or needing. Um, um, some input on or training in, she made sure our experience matched that. And we didn't leave there without getting, you know, what we came there to get. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I mean, and we're little small church leaders. What are you doing, Vanya? You don't have time for that. But <laughs> she, she like, she like locked into her skill set, you know? So they're really good at training. And I, I realized Vince and I realized that we needed to be better trainers, you know, that's we great. To work on that. Well, you guys are an inspiring couple, and I was so uh, looking forward to talking with you guys because we need more inspirational people who are leading small churches that are pushing through and and giving their best to get their churches to grow again. And there's so many churches that need what you're giving them, the, the intensity, the perseverance, and uh, the heart and soul that you're pouring into it. I, I, I'm finding it super inspiring to hear you talk. And I didn't realize that you guys uh, were a little bit older when you got married. You're older when you went into the ministry. And yet here you are, right, right on the uh, prime of life, really making a difference in saving souls and growing the church and adapting yes. through the coronavirus and, and making changes, not not going, oh gosh, I wish things were back the way they used to be, but instead pushing forward and the changes that you've made have enabled you to adapt more quickly. So I want to wish you the best of, of luck and, and all my prayers going forward. It's inspiring. And I know, I know that more good things are coming your way. I want to thank you today for listening to the Rob Skinner podcast. My goal is every week to inspire you to live a no regrets life, to make this life count and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. If you enjoyed this program, I'd like you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Have a great day and make this life count.